This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Pickle Me This, the officially unofficial podcast for Rick and Morty on Cartoon Network's Adult Swim. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm Aaron. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're covering Season 5, Episode 9, Forgetting Sarek Morchel. Here's Aaron with the recap. Morty is moonlighting on some soul adventures where he attempts to clean up as many of Rick's messes as possible. When Rick catches him making unauthorized use of his portal gun, it provokes a breakup of the whole team. Will Morty take Rick back one more time? Or will they find themselves while adventuring with their rebound relationships? Find out next time on Rick and Two Crows. All right, Jim. Uh, Rick and Two Crows. What do you think? Uh, I like this episode. Um, I, I don't know if anybody's going to watch this episode without watching the next one too because if you're listening to this in the year 2516 uh-huh. these two episodes aired uh back to back same night uh and you just kind of rolled into the next one right and they're meant to do that they feel like one kind of extended episode uh so i don't know how to talk about this episode without also talking about the next mm-hmm. i like the next episode better than i like this one but this one is also good I will say that, like, I do feel like this is not your classic part one, part two. This feels like uh, uh, two halves of a novel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the first half is the breakup. Yeah. And the second half is the resolution question mark. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. But it's like y- y- you don't have a resolution. Things kind of end in. Like, like, like you have a resolution in the same way that maybe Empire Strikes Back has a resolution where there's definitely a climax and a denouement setting up for stuff for next season. But like shit, you're in the middle of things. Yeah. Like you just had the most crazy news dropped on you. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I like this episode a lot, too. I thought this first episode is really confusing because I'm like, wow, I didn't think that of, of all the things that uh, I thought would happen, like Rick gaining an insight into his relationship with Morty that allowed mm-hmm. that made him think that like I can't keep doing this like this is an <laughs> abusive relationship even if you'll take me back I I don't want to be taken back yeah I thought that was pretty fucking crazy and I'm like I have no idea where they go from here because how right. do you go back from that you know yeah and I think you know with pairing it with the second one you kind of understand this episode a lot more in retrospect you understand why he might have had a change of heart here um and why you know this cycle needs to be broken that sort of thing but like it the episode is also really funny i thought like that the the way that they use the linked portals to me is hilarious they just every time i think okay well the there are some potential some potential here but they're not really exploring it then they go into a scene like the breakout uh from the asylum scene and i'm like okay that's exactly what i want a rick and morty episode to do with their concepts yeah i like it's like jackie chan with portals uh Uh i i thought that 
this is relentlessly inventive. Like this kind of episode has it all. It's got the adventure pastiche to beginning of like all these different crazy worlds, cookie worlds and, you know, Moana planets and, you know, you know Morty cleaning up Rick's messes, all that stuff. It's got the garbage yeah. goober. Uh, it's got some quality sight gags. Like if you pause and you look at all the things and Rick's uh, replace a Morty wheel, they're all yeah. really, really funny. I'm sure we'll talk about it in that scene. Like it just, yeah, the bird, the bird technology, like this is a kind of a, a gonzo random funny episode, but it also has just a, you know, it's has a lot of things that impact continuity. And then of course set up for the next episode that mm-hmm. is, you know, just crazy. I feel like this is, these are like if you have been kind of like waiting for Rick and Morty, uh, you know, this season, this is what you've been looking for. It's, yep. I, I do increasingly feel like it's a damn shame that many fans are missing the entire series because they just want, you know, it's like they're like X-File fans that like, oh, if there's a Monster of the Week episode, fuck it. If the cigarette smoking man's not here, then it's worthless. <laughs> if the well manicured man of Mulder's sister doesn't pop up, then why am I even wasting time with this garbage show? the proper way to watch it is like, you know, you're, you're living for the monster of the week. So when you get the cigarette smoking, man, it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's extra. It's kind of like, but you know, it can't be that way every week. Cause then it wouldn't be Rick and Morty. Like Rick and Morty True. is the Mr. Me six crazy shit. It's the mm-hmm. interdimensional cable shit. And, um, if it just becomes Canon and continuity and all that stuff, I think that it will lose a lot of that charm. And Hey, not every episode was an interdimensional cable this season. I think there's an episode right. and a half, maybe two episodes that were, you know, mediocre to some somewhat bad. Mm-hmm. But I think there's still five or six great, uh, a good to great episodes, and these two I think are all time classics. So, yeah, right up there. Yeah, I just uh, I feel like there's a streak of that in in the uh, the fan base. It's just. Uh, <laughs> They're just chasing the evil Morty high, man. All right, well, let's maybe talk about discussion of the episode. Yeah. Um, I did. I, I talked about. I just want to, you know, why we're, we're thinking about it. Um, the replace a Morty wheel. This isn't the first. I mean, first of all, I want to talk about. I guess it's symbolic meaning, or you know, what what it, it meaning is in the episode because this isn't the first time we've seen Rick build some kind of big monument to his apathy for a particular thing. Yeah, like the Vindicators vindic- episode. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like where he built a whole fucking amusement ride <laughs> just to <laughs> abuse and humiliate Morty um, yeah. and, and, and convince him of how irreplaceable he is. But I, I like this, like, you know, this feels like a, like a George Martin reveal, you know, um, <laughs> Where it's like you actually if you haven't gotten it this time, they're actually going to have a third party come out and explain the significance that like, you know, mm-hmm. and and the, the mechanism where that keeps the the abuser and the victim kind of like enmeshed. Like I thought the I forget. The, I don't know what the guy's name is. The portal leg guy, portal thigh guy. Yeah, I don't know uh, if he has a name. I hmm, interesting. He's the portal thigh guy. He's uh, one of the portal boys. Yeah. Port, yeah, Portal Boy, <laughs> he's the beta Portal Boy. Uh, I thought that, the, you know, they, they used him to explain the kind of like, you know, well, if he cares this much to hurt me this bad, dot, dot, dot. Like, yeah, it implies that he must there must be a depth of caring or stuff. And there's like must be he's so complicated and wounded. And that's what all the shit that you can talk yourself into um, believing. 
I thought that was great. And and this is a particularly funny manifestation. The fact that he's got this wheel where it had stuff like uh, half of Paul Giamatti. Uh, <laughs> I, I want to know which half there. Mm, I, I can't say too much about it because it spoils the next episode. But it, is there a chance that we we could have seen a 14 year old Paul Giamatti? Oh, my God. They split that. They split Paul in half. Uh huh. Yeah, that would be interesting. That'd be interesting. <laughs> He's about or like if, if they're like the right? the one episode where Rick separates everyone from them their goo components, like their bad yeah. evil goo person. Like I want to see goo Giamatti. Oh, oh my god! He's more uh, than half a- goo for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of these are pretty explanatory, self-explanatory. The Jerry, which is the only one, that's just like nah, that kid spin again. Yep. Uh, Kyle two is a callback to the first episode of the season where Mr. Nimbus, uh, the ocean God, uh, alludes to a pre-Morty companion named Kyle. The Rick had, yeah. Kyle. So Kyle 2.0. That's interesting. That means we're probably going to see Kyle eventually. And then the other one is Gene with donkey brains. I believe this is a reference to their neighbor. You've, you've seen Morty, you know, uh, yell to uh, mind your own goddamn business, Gene, from time to time when he pops his head over the fence to see what crazy shit's happening at the Smith residence. OK, um, yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. Gene with donkey brains is better than Morty. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned for more Rick and Morty. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX is The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX is The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What did you think of the rebound relationship that Morty has with the uh, portal boy? Oh, uh, what did I think of it? it? I don't know. I mean, it feels like a, a pretty standard rebound relationship, right? He was sort of taken in both by himself and the other portal boy. Um, it, I don't I don't know. I wasn't it kind of reminds me of like a time where when you you might be feel like a fuck up, you feel like an outcast or whatever, and you meet somebody in a situation and you kind of bond over the fact that maybe you're both fuck ups and outcasts. And then mm-hmm. you find out that they're the type of fuck up and outcast that might set a diner on fire or flip out a police car, or flip sure. over a police car. And you're a fuck up that might like not have your parents sign your D minus report card. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is. This is a scary. This is suddenly a scary. You know, like I, I see how you got from where I'm at, but oh my god, you're so much further than me. I thought that they played that dynamic out. Um, or it's, it's you're actually the kind of- Jason Siegel. Uh, you know, so forgetting Sarah Marshall is obviously the take uh, they're going for in this episode. Do you think that they pick a movie that they want to ape 
or or want to loosely follow and then write the script or do they write the script and go hmm what movie does this most closely mirror because i i feel like this is very much forgetting sarah marshall um it, is it something where like they they do that before they write or they write after uh they name it after they write I hope they do it after because I, I would do yeah. like if they're just like, you know, have, have like a lotto ball of of uh, ping pong balls with like names of shitty rom-coms and stuff on it. Like, all right, this mm-hmm. is going to be, you know, the cannonball run episode. Put on your thinking caps. What's it feel like? Does it feel like interdimensional cables? Does it feel like a cannon citadel episode? Is it, yeah, there's no. Fucking way. Yeah, that um, would be a little too formulaic for me. It is because, you know, that's a famous rebound relationship that I guess the movie wants you to think it works out after some some hiccups. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting because a lot of times we navel gaze about this show and we think, oh, my God, how can you keep how can you keep this fundamental relationship or what more can they have to say about? And what's interesting is like Rick and Morty tend to in, in Dave and Lampshade in this episode, like this is a comment commentary on a romantic breakup, right? Uh, they even talk about it. it's like, oh, adventuring is, you know, is, is a stand in for having sex or whatnot. Um, but then I, I, as I was thinking this, I was like typing up stuff in my notes to talk about. And I'm like, wait a second. Why do we think that this is commentary more on a romantic relationship? Because I feel like. We would have this relationship, we'd have these reaction with friendships more often if we like, you know, if, if all of our best friends, if you achieve best friends status, someone, if you stood up in a room full of ev- everyone that you know and love and promise you'll always be best friends with this person. Right. Like it, it's 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 more of like the breaking of vows that you take that yeah, that, yeah. that uh, more than just the having sex. And all this, although that obviously strengthens and deepens stuff, too. But like. Yeah. And I, I've thought about the like, you, you know, when I if you had breakups as kids, they felt, you know, before you started having romantic relationships, like if you're best friends with someone in seventh grade and they move to another state, mm-hmm. uh, like you have some real like anger and sadness to deal with. So it's like I, it's it's funny because this all felt like dating, but like it doesn't have to be. It's just any relationship where there's been a breach. Right. Yeah. Um, But I even then it's like I thought they said some really fucking smart shit about. uh you know what it feels like to be break in breakups and the bad ideas of rebounds and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And they definitely um, take it to the next level in the next episode. You know, you ask how like they can continue down this path of evolving this relationship and raising the stakes and everything when they could just be sort of spinning around in circles here. I think the next episode will make that very clear <laughs> because there's a certain, uh, timeless quality let's say or infinite quality to this relationship that i think it really presses the point you know like even in our finite uh relationships that we have like seeing an infinite example of it shows you just like how messed up and how destructive the loops that they're in can be and i think like what they do with that the next episode is very very good yeah, and they um, they also have this like showing that they they in, in the middle of this episode, like Morty calls Rick frantic because you know his uh, his rebound portal boy relationship has let you know got him all fucked up and left a trail of bodies, and he wants to go back to Rick simultaneously. You know, Rick uh, his crow thing has gone tits up, and he wants to get back with Morty, but mm-hmm. it's it's not because. 
their relationship makes sense. And then, you know, <laughs> no. as you said, the part two makes a, you know, puts an underline on this, but it's mm-hmm. because, you know, they're, they're in pain from this other relationship and they just want to go back to something familiar, you sure. know? Um, also, the, that was really the way that they parallel this other portal portal boy and Rick in that, like both of them are doing very similar things throughout this episode. If you look at portal boy, he's off like d- d- destroying things, having this crazy adventure with uh, Morty, just like Rick would before. But also when you cut back over to Rick, everybody's dropping bodies, right? Like everybody is out there doing essentially the same thing. It just stresses how much of a. uh you know, destructive like rebound cycle that Morty's in here, where he's gone to seek out something healthier and found the exact same thing. It's funny because there's been a couple times like this uh, this season also. Man, it feels like a million years ago, but this opened up with like Jessica ascending to be a time lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, like R- Morty has come close to healthy relationships. Um, sometimes as a result of you know Rick's uh, time and space fuckery. Sometimes just. Because, you know, uh, turns out Morty's probably worthy of love and respect as much as anybody. But, like, it just keeps on getting yanked away. Like, you can see, like, nothing shows the contrast of this season, Morty, uh, and last season more than the way he ultimately dispatches the portal boy. Uh Uh-huh. Where he uses the train to chop off his own arm and then drops his hand portal into his thigh portals, sucking. It reminded me, I've talked about this, like, very rarely over the years but there's uh, a ray bradbury short story where someone defeats a demon by drawing a summoning circle on the demon's belly uh hmm. causing okay. it to recursively summon inside itself until it winks out of existence and it reminded me of that kind of like next level thinking way like yeah. that like you 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 look at morty you, 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 i don't know what the hell's going on you look at Morty um, dispatching the Planeteers or whatever the fuck they are. You look at him mm-hmm. dispatching uh, Portal Boy here. Like, this is the end result of all of the rampages, all of the dehumanification, just like his sheer survival instinct. Um, like, like the strength that he's gotten from Rick's fucked yeah. up abuse. Uh, <laughs> he can do this crazy shit now. And it's kind of it's it's awesome, but it's also repulsive. You know, it reminds me of watching like Arya in Game of Thrones. Um, like it's like, oh, it's so fucking cool. You got this murder child. But also when you right. think about it, why am I cheering for this? What the fuck? This is just child abuse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's 90 percent of the show is uh, grandpa abusing his young <laughs> grandson. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um I really like there's a sequence for the crows like this. This happens in a lot of movies where it's like, you know, if someone's learning Kung Fu or someone's learning some kind of esoteric technique, it's always like, we got to let go. You got to do less. You got to bend the spoon, but there is no spoon like this gobbledygook bullshit that like sounds impressive and interesting until you break it down. Mm -hmm. And the crow like you got to be your crows and train yourself we train ourselves to stop training. We are the untrained, which means our training is complete because no training was needed. It's like this, this perfect, yeah. you know, strip of fucking zen <laughs> bullshit that wraps around itself. I loved it. I loved it so much. It does make a sort of weird sense in, in training Rick to have a little bit of empathy um, and using that empathy to control the crows. But yes, I, I agree with you. It's, it's that nonsense sounding stuff that you know I, if you don't think about it too much it makes sense but 
Especially since, like, I'm not sure exactly how he goes from also, um, we're going to shove this crow shit down, you know, Morty's throat to, um, you know, actually, I'm, I guess I'm too fucked. Oh, I guess I know. I guess it does track because what moves him or what, what makes him realize or see how fucked up him and Morty's relationship is, is the crows kind of like self-sacrifice. Um, because they were smart enough not to keep playing and perpetuating into the game that Rick is playing with Morty. Yeah. And that like turn on the light for him. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I guess that all tracks. I also like the crow crowvolution, which turned out to just be turning, <laughs> turning crows against dozens of humans within the 300 meter radius. I thought it was going to be another one of those things like, oh, fuck the Cronenberg to place. They right. Hitchcock birded <laughs> the place and now there's no way to go, but oh, out. Yeah. Uh, the the other thing that I guess we didn't talk about early on is this uh, this cookie universe. I, I wanted to go back to that. There, there's a poster on the wall that looks very much like Simple Rick's wafers. Is this supposed to be like the genesis of that somehow? That like a Rick has come here. They've you know fucked up this planet, taken the wafer recipe or something, and then co-opted it into the citadel or instead of like actually baking your cookies they just are rounding up the cookie citizenry and injecting them with the simple rick compound maybe yeah there's a lot of horrifying implications of that isn't there (laughs) i think so yeah and just the concept of like why is morty going around cleaning up all of rick's messes because i know he's like more empathetic than rick obviously um he probably feels for these people but yeah, I, I don't know. I've not seen him do that in the past. So this was kind of out of nowhere. I'm glad you brought that up because like I thought a lot about that, too, because there's a you know, you could ask the question of like, why doesn't Rick have more enemies? I know he has a lot of enemies, but why does he have more of them? Because he's just constantly going around fucking over entire planets. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of an interesting thing that like maybe it's the fact that Morty, who's a more decent human being, is going around overtime trying to undo some of the damage. And it's especially impressive when you see how easy it is. Like Rick yeah. leaves these worlds in flames, not because it's some kind of utilitarian ends. It's just he it's it's like they, they develop this theme next episode. He just doesn't care. Mm-hmm. He can't be bothered to go forth any more effort because, again, why does it matter when there's an infinite version of this planet that's even more fucked? Then, then I've got it fucked, and there's an infinite version of this planet that is doing just fine. Um, yeah. But it also is a commentary, I think, on like codependent like uh, relationships with people with personality disorders and addiction things. The fact that like mm-hmm. you love this person and you don't want to deal with the fact that they're a shit. So like you know they get too drunk and they miss a party. Oh well, you know they were sick and they're just feeling bad. Oh yeah, I'm sure I'll tell them you. It, that you cover for them. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you cover for them at work. You cover for them at family and friends because you're embarrassed and you also mm-hmm. know that they're not like this and you want them to be. <laughs> so I, I thought that like all this stuff is really, yeah, as Rick and Morty have been want to do is really smart in con- context of like the overall kind of psychological shit that they're talking about. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of Apex Badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. 
just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved the venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Here are the highlights coming up this week on Bald Move. Our coverage of Hot D, Fire and Blood, and the 1980s Shogun miniseries continues. But then on Tuesday, for the first time in 35 years, we asked a question. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Hop aboard the train to Toontown as we revisit this incredible blending of live action and animation to see if it still holds up all this time later. Then on Wednesday, we get our first look at Blake Crouch's mind-bending sci-fi series, Dark Matter. First two episodes drop simultaneously on Apple TV Plus, and we'll have a pair of podcasts quantumly linked ready for you to observe. You can find these and many other great podcasts by searching for Bald Move Pulp or Bald Move Prestige in your favorite podcast app. Uh, the other thing early on in this episode is uh, with the portal gun juice, did Morty learn nothing from the horse semen episode? He's here mixing in Mountain Dew with the portal fluid, and I, I can't help but think that that goes very badly. Uh, at least he didn't spooge in it. I, I did like the little inset where it's like weird fluid detected, and it's like, mm-hmm. which is expected because <laughs> right. it's portal fluid, but weird. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, um, the problem is Morty's terrified of Rick and craves his approval, so he can never be honest. Like, this. God mm-hmm. damn, like the interlocking messages of this show. It's interesting because um, a lot this like really shook people up. I was looking on some of the subreddit stuff and people talking about this like, um, you know, this hits like kind of millennial Gen X Zoomer angst about depression and relationships and wasting their life and trying to appear more successful than they are and being fucked over by social like this a lot these two episodes really kind of underline and uh intersect these issues in a way that I feel like it makes a lot of people uncomfortable 
Hmm. You know, like uh, we'll get to it next episode, but missed the whole Mr. Poopy butthole stinger is Ugh. aimed as a, as a, as a dagger aimed at the dark heart of our civilization. Um, sure. Uh, it's certainly not comedy. It's, yeah. it's certainly not comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. It is. There's it is something funny about it. I, it's I only know. funny because uh, of the voice. But yeah, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That you're you're having this depth of emotion for this guy named Mr. Poopy butthole, mm-hmm. you know. The last thing I want to talk about is um, the la- the rant that Rick does right before the stinger where he's doing the Rick and two crows, 100 season, 14 episodes a season, nine seconds to pop sneakies TV sitcoms on sneakers like this is like every rant that Harmon had in the last year of his podcast where he just like, I don't understand what they're doing like you know it's like if they had a netflix wonder woman series she wouldn't even fucking become wonder woman until the finale episode and mm-hmm. or on the other side like you know uh his uh his his fiance wrote for quibi which was like seven minute episodes and like everyone's like oh yeah people are just uh they want to watch a te- television show whether they're standing in line at the supermarket like all these weird fucking edge cases and how fucking sick and tired he is yeah. about all this like i i thought that was i mean it it does. My, it does my heart good every time I hear a Harmontown rant break out in the middle of Rick and Morty. Uh, yeah, I mean, I that's that's my podcast relationship that I broke up with in the last two years, and I'm still still carrying a torch for. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't think you have to be listening to Harmontown to understand how stupid of an idea Quibi was, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just like that's the thing, like I, you know, now you got the fridges, smart smart TV on fridges. I'm wondering because like the thing that's annoying me, the piss out of me right now is the ads that happen at the gas stations. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's like I swipe my credit card and then a volume. Some motherfucker is going to get clever enough to do like a 30 to 60 second serialized drama or comedy. Like, like, you know, in the same way that Flash Gordon and Buck Rogers used to be these like, you know what? Uh, people don't come to the movies often enough. So if we break apart a little thing and put it at the beginning of everything and then they'll have to come back and have to see because they don't want to see. Like it's a way I, I, I it's it's a great it would be a great way to get people to watch the ads or pay attention to them. And who's going to do? Yeah, who's going to do it? Someone's going to. I don't know. Stupid, I think it's like the Bud Bowl or shit like that, like that kind of continuity or lowest common denominator. But uh, that's about as forward looking as putting fucking screens into horse saddles like EVs. <laughs> I don't know. You're not going to have gas stations here in a bit. You're going to mm. plug in your EV for 25 minutes, go into a restaurant, oh, sit down and have yeah, a drink. You're right. That's just a standard sitcom episode. They don't need the tutorial. Uh, yeah. While, while you're recharging your car, you just, you just mandatory have to watch an episode of Community. Or Who's going to sit there for 25? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's when you want art. That's when you want art is when you want to laugh, cry, be horny, whatever. No, that's that's when I want a burger. It's not. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, then the stinger. What do you think of garbage goober? Uh, I, I like that... garbage goober. <laughs> All he wants to do is eat trash. Get off his back. You know, maybe he, yeah. maybe he is a doctor. Maybe he did spend 120 grand to get his uh, medical degree, but the man wants to eat trash. So let him eat trash. This is another one where like, it's another microcosm of a, 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 a relationship that is not willing to be honest with what each other wants because yeah. you're right like this guy did go to harvard medical school <laughs> probably graduated top of class talented doctor mm-hmm. but he wants to eat garbage while he's being humiliated by the smith family 
Yeah. And if his wife's not going to understand that, then uh, both of them are going to be locked in a relationship of unhappiness for the rest of their life. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But that whole like where he promises to do better and then he hears Summer saying, oh, the trash is extra stinky. And he's kind of like his body is just like involuntarily pulled through the door. Uh, yeah, it's fucked up. It's like the, he's like a, he's like the gimp, you know? Sure. Uh, the other question I have about this episode, and I don't think it's true because I couldn't find information about it anywhere. But the head crow sounds a lot like Willem Dafoe. I feel like it's somebody doing their best Defoe, or their best DeCrow, if you will. Uh, but I don't think it's actually him. Hmm. Oh, I mean, because um, I thought that I kept on recognizing the guy, the portal boy. Like, God, yes. I know it's on, but I, I looked it up and it's just one of their, you know, like Phil Lamar, Lamar types. It's like one of their, you know, uh, standard uh, cast of voice actors. So as far as I could tell. Okay, well. The closest we got to a celebrity voice cameo in these two episodes was uh, Rob Schraub's Crow Scare. Hmm, and okay. he, he's not even I, I, the only reason I know his name is because uh, I'm a big fan of Harmon Town. Yeah. And, and Harmon in general. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I wondered that it'd be interesting because. Uh, you know, Lighthouse and Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, boy. Have a surprising amount of things in common this season, you know? You might have people to sell hate on this each one. other, but are bound to each other. Okay, all right. Uh, you know the the mermaid the, puss. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Got to get into mermaid cruise. But something mm-hmm. about like the the sublime joys of being known versus the horrifying ordeal, or the the sublime joys of being loved versus the horrifying ordeal of being known. Kind of push and pull of, okay. of that. A little bit. But, yeah. Uh, that's it for this episode. Uh, we are not going to do feedback this episode because, uh, well, we're just they're 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 a package deal. We're we're recording two episodes and releasing them the same day, and there's just not that not not enough feedback to go for two two episodes. We're going to save it all till the end of the next episode. Uh, Rick and Morty at baldmove.com is the email address on that. Um, we're going to consider that on the very next episode, which should be in the feed right now as you're listening to it. So we'll hit the next podcast and and you'll get there. Uh, and we will see you on the other side of that because again, the the, hev- the heavy lifting's all done in the next episode. This was yeah. just the elaborate bump set for the next episode spike. We'll see you there. Until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya. Pickle Me This is distributed and produced by Bald Move. All music featured on this podcast is from the Rick and Morty soundtrack, available from Sub Pop Records. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To discover the many other great shows we do, please check out baldmove.com. If you appreciate what we do and want to directly support us, consider joining our club at patreon.com baldmove to get access to exclusive bonus audio and video features. Finally, you can follow us on your favorite social media at baldmove. See you next time.